Welcome to Balcony Cheerleader, the podcast dedicated to celebrating you. I'm your host, Miss Thunder, and you know what it is. It's that boom time. And I've got an all-American champion, founder of Human Performance, and the one and only fitness ambassador to Stretching. I've got, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Pinkenfield. Joe, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic, even better now that I'm with you. I appreciate See? the opportunity. You, you've got a great show here, so... Um, looking to get to know you better and, and, and uh, discussing fitness. Do you see how, ladies and gentlemen, do you guys see how humble the, he, this man is? And this is one of the things that I found so alluring when I was going through a plethora of your YouTube videos, by the way. I'm like, how can this man have this much knowledge and at the same time have this much grace to go with it? So is that your superpower? to be knowledgeable and to be humbled at the same time, Joe? <laughs> well, some people say that I'm humble and some people say I'm, I'm the opposite. But, you know, the bottom line is you gather knowledge when you have a high goal and you just, you keep going until you figure things out. Once you figure it out, you got a formula. When you mm. teach that formula and it works, um, it can help other people. And right now we've got 7,000 clients in 49 countries. We've got, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> about 80 three people trained to do what we do, to teach what we do. Um, so we've got some, some real big projects that are about to uh, completely open up. We, we have a documentary started. A gentleman from London had came and filmed our seminar here in Orlando. <clears throat> wow. Our book will be out in about three months. Yay! Uh, we have, we have research started at UCSD, UCAL San Diego. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of hitting our stride now and, and uh, growing at, at the pace we want to. And we're, we're just really happy about it. We're reaching a lot of people. And every day we get emails and texts coming back saying, wow, it's a miracle. I don't have migraines anymore or <laughs> bulging disc isn't bulging anymore. So you know, we're, we're making an impact. So we're doing our best that, that we can to try and keep that pace and keep it going. And you have made an impact and totally changed the trajectory. And that's the, that's the, title for our episode today, Running Against the Wind and Finding mm -hmm. Success. And you are the pillar and the platform for that. So if you could just briefly take our listening members on your journey of when it started from your early collegiate years. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all through my youth, I had the opportunity to do sports. Uh, right. I was always in three sports. When I got to a small college I went to in Pennsylvania, Gettysburg College, uh, I did two sports. I did football and track and field. I'm a small guy. Um, I was getting beaten up in, in football, and so I decided to focus on track and field. But I didn't want to do just do a couple events. It was a Division three school, and I wanted to, to really dedicate to performance. And I wasn't finding what I needed there. I told the coach I wanted to do the decathlon, which is all 10 events in track and field. And uh, he said he didn't want me wasting my time on that. I said, I'll see you later. I'm transferring to California. I'm going to train for the Olympics. So, Wait a minute, I got to pause you. You said. <laughs> young and cocky, right? <laughs> I don't know. Touchdown, baby. This is what I'm talking about. You said, <laughs> I'll see you later. And you dismissed him and then you left. You just got in your car and left. I literally, I applied to three schools in California and uh, Fresno State said, yeah, come on out for the January term. I was on the next plane. That was it. See, and I love it. And we Division One school. And uh, I was just following all the other decathletes around. I was uh, uh, the worst guy. There were seven decathletes. I was the worst guy. I was just following them around, trying to learn what I could. And two and a half years later, 
Uh, I won the conference and uh, uh, qualified that. for the NCAA championships. I'm the smallest guy that ever uh, qualified and went to the NCAA championships, Division One. I got top eight, which is All-American. So I really had, you know, my dreams were coming true and I was just dedicating. I was always the first one on the track, last one to leave. I was doing six, seven hours a day in college of training. Um, then once I got out of school, I decided this is it. I'm, I'm going to go full time. I'm going to go for it. I got to try and see if I can make an Olympic team, even though I didn't have the genetics or the talent to get to that level. I figured I'm going to outsmart them. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out a formula that I can out train them and, and see if I can reach that level, that world-class level. So mm. were you ever tempted to do like the other, uh, athletes and succumb to taking performance enhancement drugs to propel you to just even be even with the others who were a little bit more talented joe more like a lot more talented um, <laughs> i mean these guys are big the average world-class decathlete is six two six three i'm five exactly eight. i mean a high jump against them uh, throw the shot put against them but i knew that wasn't the answer i saw a lot of guys take them uh, you know performance mm -hmm. enhancement drugs and i saw a lot of injuries because your muscles will grow faster, but then the tendons start getting strained and, and your joints start hurting. And so I just figured there's gotta be a way I can outsmart them. I gotta out-train them. I was training 65 hours a week. Sunday was my day off, I trained for five hours. The other days I'm training for 10 hours. But I soon learned that after going through almost a year of that, that I was fatigued all the time. I wasn't increasing my performance because I was overtraining. So I learned a re really valuable lesson to not overtrain, but what is the right balance? And, and you're doing strength work, you're doing flexibility work, you're doing technique work, uh, mental work, studying films. Um, I, I just started applying some other theories that I was trying to develop in my training. Um, one of them, for example, was I, I thought if I could shed 30 or 40 pounds before a track meet and all of a sudden I'm lighter, it'd be like high jumping on the moon, right? Right. So I thought, well, I can't shed 30 pounds or 40 pounds before a track meet, but what if I weighed 40 pounds more all the time by wearing a weighted vest 24 hours a day, well, except for sleeping or showering or pole vaulting, but I had it on all the time. So I got used to weighing 200 pounds. I take it off and I feel like, wow, uh, I feel course. so much stronger. I feel so much better. Right. But that taught me some things that were, there were some good things about it. There were some bad things about it. I started my stride starting getting shorter, even though I felt like I was running twice as fast because mm. you feel so light, you feel so strong, but, but neuro, my neuromotor pathways, my neuromuscular pathways started to develop a shorter stride because I weighed more. And so I'm actually losing time instead of increasing time, which then led me to, okay, well, how am I going to get to go faster than I'm used to instead of going slower than I'm used to? So then I started running downhill. I run uphill for strength. I run downhill for if you don't pedal faster, you're not, right. you're not going to keep up. And so I learned from my mistakes and from my lessons to, to eventually, uh, I came up with my final theory. There's like my seventh theory, which is years later. I thought, okay, I got it. I got to be built like a kangaroo. I call it the kangaroo theory. It's <laughs> all going to be in my book. And bottom line is I had to have massively strong lower body overbalanced from my upper body, whereas a lot of guys want to have big upper body and they stretch their hamstrings a little bit, do running. I wanted to have a massive lower body. And once, once I started intensely doing squats and, and certain, you know, weightlifting mm -hmm. things to transform mm -hmm. my body, I had a lot of injuries. I literally, in my 20 year career, most athletes don't train more than six years. 
I trained for 20 years and mm. I, have, I had literally hundred injuries. I overcame all of them without injections, without surgery, because I just knew if I trained the body properly, it would be, it would continue to improve. So that's kind of my, the short story of how I developed into, I finally got to the world-class level. Um, you know, in my high jump, I'm jumping nine inches over my head. The guys who are six, three are jumping two inches over the head and we tie, but who's the mm. better athlete? I figured right. it out. So right. that's when I was putting theories together, putting my training together. And, but meanwhile, I also didn't have a sponsor, so I had to work. So mm -hmm. I did my car for, for two years, so I wouldn't have to pay rent. So all I needed was car insurance and food. And I'd, eat, I'd go from university to university to eat at the locker room or um, to use their locker rooms, to um, tap into the coach's knowledge there, um, eat in their cafeteria. But I was always traveling. I was always, but my home was my car. So I was always at home wherever mm -hmm. I was. What did you learn about yourself when you went through that? Because I've, you know, I've trained a couple of athletes that had to be homeless and some of them didn't have a car, but to see where they were and where they are now. And some of the stories that they have shared with me, they said they learned who they were in the face of fear, in the face of danger, and just they, they have a deeper knowledge of all aspects of their weaknesses, what their Achilles heels are. What did that do for you when you, did you consider yourself homeless? No, not at all. I was totally, I was on the track. That's <laughs> it. I mean, I literally, I was telling some of my uh, students who are here for certification. I was telling them this morning that when I graduated and I got graduated with honors at, at Fresno State and got all American, I moved out of my apartment and onto the track, I lived, I, I slept on the pole vault pit at night when the first joggers would come out in the morning, I'd get up and I'd start my training. And then I, I moved that. into the high jump shed where the high jump pit was stored and I would sleep in there. And then eventually I moved into my car, I took out the passenger seat and put in a mattress. So my feet would be under the golf compartment, my head would be on the back seat. So I literally didn't have a passenger seat, I had a mattress. I had little curtains, it was a Camaro, so it was a small car. But Wherever I would go, I'd drive to a university. I was living my dream. I was living my dream. So what I had to learn about myself, I'm, I was able to just pursue my dreams, which is the opportunity of a lifetime. Not everybody gets to do that. But for me, it was a test to see how much could I do? How, high, how hard could I train? Um, you know, how can I take this to a level that no one's ever taken it before? Because I didn't have the talent to be world class. Um, you know, in a hundred meters, a, a guy who's six, two, six, three is going to take 40 strides for a hundred meters. I'm taking 48 strides. Now, if you want to stop the clock when I get to 40 strides, okay, it's going to be the same time as them, but otherwise I have eight more strides. So how am I going to, um, figure out how to reach that level? Uh, and that means I had to have stronger legs. So again, it comes back to, I got to be built like a kangaroo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned about, you know, what I learned about myself, what are my limits? And I would, you know, constantly feel I don't have limits. I just got to keep mm. experimenting, keep learning. I don't I have limits. Pursuing. So yeah, live, you live your dream, and it's like, wow, this is a this is a fun world to be in. So. Did you find yourself? Is that where the real? You know, because it takes us a while in life to really find our niche. Some people it takes them a little bit later in life. Is that when you've discovered who you really were? Like I am Joe not just hip, but I am a man that can defy the odds. 
is that where that that rocky tip of mentality came from <laughs> yeah you know i think it's it's a gradual process okay. there's no one day where it's like okay i get it you know what all this is about it's you just keep growing and you keep improving so you're proving to yourself that you can do what's in here and you bring it out mm. so finding that belief in yourself and you keep going and you keep improving you gain confidence and it. it's it, it it goes life wide then you know it's mm. not just i can i can run faster or whatever it's i can do what i believe in and prove it mm. and so it, it, that's a it's a maturity i'd love to see everybody in the world be able to do believe in yourself keep going um reach goals that were previously thought un, unreachable just keep going so many people have so many great success stories because they just believed in themselves you got to keep doing it and and that's that's what mo what my message would be to everybody is believe in yourself and just keep doing it mm. how did it feel for you when david goggins who is a navy seal wrote about you in his book you can't hurt me mm -hmm. he recognized and he paid homage to you. How did that make you feel to know that you have that much of an impact on someone else's life, where you help shape the trajectory of his spiritual being, his emotional being, his physical being? Yeah. Oh, come on, Joe. How does that, that? I mean, the people can't see this great smile yet. But that has to feel because I know when I have the ability to to help shape people's lives in a positive way, it it humbles my soul. It, it provides so much humility. This man gives you the greatest shout out when you read his book. What what were you feeling in that moment? Like, ah, um, you know, we have been working with the seals for well, it's been 12 years now, but at the time it was only. I believe it was the first year we did a, a seminar. We had 25 SEALs in the room. We, we spent three hours per day for three days in a row showing what we do. And they, they, they bit into it big time. They really enjoyed what we do. They learned from it. They guys were saying their shoulder feels better. Their neck feels better. Their bulging discs feel better. And of the 25 guys in the room, there were three in the back of the room that weren't as impressed. Two of them were doctors because we're not doctors. So I guess of we course. weren't smart enough. And one was Dave Goggins and and Dave, you know, is a tough guy. He is, he is you know, one of the one of the toughest human beings ever on the For planet. Sure. And he's he's inspired so many people. He's done so many, so many good things. But at first, when we basically the the stretching and the flexibility is the foundation for everything else, for training and for for sports development, athletic performance development, even for people who aren't athletes, for them to be able to sit at a computer all day and not have neck pain and 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 migraines and, and shoulder pain and numb hands. So it doesn't matter athlete or not, it's a matter of understanding how to perform better. And we have found that if we have this foundation of flexibility, you can build a higher peak on your pyramid of your performance. So Dave at the time, ultra marathoner, Navy SEAL, extremely intense uh, training all the time, got to a point where, I mean, he thought stretching was just, you know, for sissies, you know, it's not exactly. I think and, I and a, few years, a few years later, he calls me up. He says, Joe, you saved my life. So what do you mean? <laughs> he says, 
I thought all, all that all that stretchy stuff was bullshit. And and pardon my French. And he goes, I said, Dave, you saved your life. I gave you some tools, but when you finally realized what this can do for you, I mean, he's just taken in and run with it, you know, literally. And and he stretches every day. We have um, certain. We have a building phase and a maintenance phase. I don't know if he's ever reached the maintenance phase where it's only 20 minutes a day, but he has done hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of hours, um, been able to perform better. He said he's performing better at age 40 than he did at age 20. Um, look, I give uh, so much credit to him for inspiring so many people. Um, I'm, I'm humbled by his uh, performance. He, he's, he's a fantastic mm -hmm. human being. I know um, just by... I, I know you know Simba Dario and he's a fitness enthusiast and he's run um, the Ironman and great friend, great colleague. He's like a brother to me. And when he first told me about you several years ago, I have literally watched how his body and his mentality has metamorphosized on a whole nother level. Cause when I first met him, he was, you know, an av you know, avid runner, but he's also kind of on the short side of just a little bit, just like me, well, a little bit vertically challenged, but he was an avid basketball player and he kept on getting a lot of the injuries. And then he told me about you and he was like, girl, I remember when I seen him in the gym, he was like, you got to check this brother out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's my brother now too. Yeah. Um, look, he, he's, he's a guy in, he's an engineering guy. He's a technology guy, but he's also, you know, loves fitness. And when he found our program and we started working together and he came out and got certified at one of our seminars, yeah. um, he says he wants to do this for the rest of his life. Yes. He, he called me. He, has, he called okay, me. He has a great enthusiasm for life, just like you do. And he wants to spread the word. So yeah. um, I, I love the guy and we're going to be working more closely together from this point forward. And um, he also has, when he first approached me, he has a daughter who is, I think at a high school. Yeah. Yeah. He has a son who's a high school uh, runner and she was having injury problems, major university. I taught him just a few things. We got her on zoom. Uh, she immediately improved her high jumping qualified to go to the NCAA championships. Um, by getting rid of injuries and training, being able to focus a little better. Um, his son, uh, I think also, uh, I think he had some calf and some leg injuries mm -hmm. and he's standing on our calf board to a certain standard, getting his, his, uh, muscles able to handle the workload of, you know, his training. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, symbols, Sim is just a great ambassador now and, and is, has clients. He goes up to visit his family in Ohio and he's fixing his mother and his cousin and whoever else. Um, because we have a system that works. So, uh, yeah, great to know him. And, and I look forward to working with him for a long time from this point forward. Now, how has your better half, if you say your life partner, Mimi, how has she been able to influence a lot of your, um, your knowledge and your business and your growth? Because Simba says a lot of uh, wonderful things and shout out to her, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mimi Ney, uh, been with, with me for 26 years now. Um, when I first met her, she was a massage therapist in Atlanta. I had moved to Atlanta so I could train in the Olympic buzz, the energy in Atlanta. And I met her at a track and field meeting to meet some of the athletes and see where I could start training. And 
at that meeting, everybody would stand up and say what they do. And, and, that, and so she said she's a massage therapist and, she, and she's a distance runner. So I talked to her afterwards. I said, um, I'd like to get a massage, you know, because I'm doing some heavy duty training. And she goes, well, I'm booked three weeks out. And I'm like, no massage therapist is booked three weeks out. Like, like th there's no way. And she showed me her book. She's booked three weeks out. I'm like, whoa, this girl's like world class. <laughs> but she was doing massage for world-class athletes. Michael Johnson, world record holder, 200, 400 meters. Uh, Gwen Tarns, silver medalist in the Olympics in 100 meters. Um, Pauline Davis from, from Bahamas, uh, gold medal sprinter. Uh, um, Julia Cuthbert from Jamaica. She had all these sprinters coming to her. I thought, wow, she's either like really good or she got lucky. And I found out she's really good, right? So um, I used to tell her when, we're, when she's doing massage that I didn't agree with some of the things that these world record holders and gold medalists were doing in their training. She's like, who are you? You're just an arrogant little decathlete. She'll tell you the story one day. And I'm like, I'm just telling you what works and what doesn't work. So Mimi being an untalented distance runner, fell in love with the mile, wanted to run master's competition and compete in the mile. I said, girl, you got some work to do. We got, we got to get you strong. We got to get you sprinting. So anyway, but make a long story short, she started training with me and she learned how to train. She became national champion six times in mile, half mile, and one time quarter mile. Um, and she, she does not have the talent to do that, but we got her to the point where she was squatting at hundred pounds body weight. She's squatting 200 pounds, 10 reps increased her 100, 200, 400, 800, 1500 meters. And she was able to compete and beat girls who were college runners. Um, so yeah, so she knows the system. She teaches with me wherever we go with the seminars. Um, but she's been uh, totally dedicated to, to what we do and, and teaching it. So I can literally start a sentence. She can finish it. See, <laughs> and I hear Mimi has the patience of a saint. And Simba was telling me. I don't know about that. You He says we're gonna have to talk about that one. Can't get her rattled for anything because Simba is also a martial arts enthusiast. He's he's been in kung fu for years, and he was like, "Oh my god, her patience is of Job." And I was like, "See, they have to have it like that." One has to be a little bit more tenacious than the other one. And the other one has to be a little bit more reserved to uh, balance the you know, relationship out. But I really was enamored with how the two of you came together and how you guys are still on this odyssey. This odyssey for you, Joe, never stopped <clears throat> We've got, you know, thousands of people doing what we do now. And bottom line is, we have found the truth of what the bottom line is for injury and pain mm. and performance. And so if I don't go out and keep spreading this word at an intense level, then I'm not doing my job. I feel mm. like I was here, put here to discover this. And we've discovered some things that, look, migraines alone is a $42 billion industry in the United States with research and rehab, 42 billion with a B. And we've done a hundred cases and we've solved them all. Now, how is that possible? We found the root cause of migraines instead of wires attached to your head and x-rays and brain casing studies and blah, blah, blah. Bottom line is there's two little muscles in the back of your neck that when they get tight, they squeeze the occipital nerve, which goes up in, into the front of the head. And that's what causes tension. Um, same with the bulging disc. It's just gravity, it's compression, degenerative disc disease. We've made discs bigger by doing the stretching that we do. We're laying the foundation for what the body can do 
All kids can do this, but adults can't. Why? Because they lose range of motion because of what we do in our lifestyles and our sports. When we gain range of motion back with our exact protocol, nothing hurts anymore. You can be 17 forever. That inspires people. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about because you and I, our personalities are a little bit similar. And I'm sure my listening audience members are, are picking this up. I have often said this so many times and I've gone at it with all of my sports and conditioning, my strength and conditioning doctors, sports medicine doctors. And I've always said, why is it that when we want to fix something, the first thing we do is either cut or prescribe medicine, which right. in the end does not heal itself right. all right. the time. So then get to, the root cause. get to the root cause. But you mentioned something. You said it's a what? Billion dollar industry. Just migraines is 42 billion. See? Back, back problems, 100, 100 billion. Um, I mean, there, there's, if you have a problem with the body, you got to figure out what's wrong with the body, not be given a prescription. And if that doesn't work, cut you open and try and fix it. The problem is not understanding how the body works. And it comes down to you're holding tension, whether it's mental, mm. tension, physical tension, emotional tension, and you have to know how to get rid of it. We show 24 ranges of motion that eliminate all these different tensions. It's a standard. We have a standard. No one else has a standard for range of motion. If you ask a physical therapist, how, how much extension should you have on your shoulder motion? They'll be, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do I mean? No, you don't have a standard. And they're like, well, the average is 30 to 60 degrees raising your arm behind you. I'm like, I don't care what the average is. The average bench press is hundred pounds, but that doesn't mean you can't improve. Same with endurance. The average mile is a 10 minute mile. Doesn't mean you can't run an eight minute mile if you train. So we have set a standard and it starts eliminating all these things that hurt, whether it's your shoulder or whether it's your hip or your low back or your whatever it is, plantar fasciitis, migraines, tennis elbow, it's tension. And we have shown ranges of motion to get rid of it. And then we do some trigger point that aids the stretching. Uh, there's so many gadgets out there and so many tools that people are trying to use to get rid of tension. And yet all they have to do is stretch to a standard with a protocol Two minutes on, one minute rest. Two minutes stretch, one minute rest. Over and over and over, progressively, step by step, in a protocol that leads them to opening the body one layer of the onion at a time until everything's open. Then you're like a kid again. You wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, nothing hurts anymore. I'm 17 again. That's the goal. Touchdown. Exactly. <laughs> Touchdown. And I want you to hold that thought. I'm saying to my listeners out here, if you would like to be a guest on Balcony Chiller and share your story of inspiration, we would love to hear from you. All you need to do is go to MissThunder.net. And don't forget to please subscribe to the show and download this episode as we continue with the one and only the I, the original fitness ambassador to stretching and human performance, Joe Hippenstell. So Joe, let me ask you this. So when you clash with the medical community, what has been your approach in the past versus now? Because I know that I have had so many clashes like with doctors, with nurses, even I, I with some of the holistic practitioners, if we will. I'm very vocal, just like you. How have you grown from the past to now to get them to 
open their mind because not to say anything negative about it, but when you're talking about something that goes away from the tradition, sometimes people tend to be a little bit myopic. How did you get them to transition? <laughs> That's a great question. You're, you're very <laughs> insightful and you're a great interviewer. Um, you know, at the beginning, there was a lot of fight with the medical because mm-hmm. I know what we do works. And because they're very smart people, they're the top of their class, they go to medical school, they have a lot of training. It's hard for them to understand that, well, a bulging disc comes from compression, compression comes from tension, tension comes from lack of range of motion. That's almost too simple for them, whereas they have to go in and study where's the stenosis, the narrowing of the nerve channels or, or the uh, chiropractors, the misalignment of the spine. Um, where's the sciatic coming from? What's wrong with the nerves? Uh, what neurological disorder do they have? But the bottom line is you take the tension away and these medical conditions go away. A hundred of them. There's a hundred labels. You know, again, plantar fasciitis, migraine, headaches, tennis elbow, restless egg syndrome, all those things, fibromyalgia, they're all tension. And so, you know, through the years, I would fight with them less and try and understand that they just don't know, haven't gone through the training that I've gone through to learn this. And so I'm trying to be more patient with them. And we're bringing on more doctors, more people in the athletic community. I have an NFL team now wants wants me to work with them, get rid of all their injuries. They have a lot of injuries, baseball teams, pitchers. Um, And it's really a matter of when when there's a major paradigm shift in the understanding of different parts of life, it goes through three stages. Number one, they laugh at you, think you're crazy. We've gone through a lot of that. The second is when you start gaining traction, you start gaining more reputation and more success, then they fight you. Because now Absolutely. The third stage is when you have so much traction, you have so many people, they all want to be your best friend. Now they want to be on board with you. <laughs> you know, and that's the paradigm shift. Then all of a I sudden everybody's it. doing the right thing and you don't, you're not fighting anymore. So, you know, it's a big world out there. There's, you know, hundreds of thousands of doctors and we've got, you know, a few dozen ones now that, that believe in what we're doing. Um, the former head medical director at Johnson & Johnson, uh, largest healthcare company in the world. I was able to help him avoid back surgery. So he's fully on board. We have um, uh, UCSD, UCAL San Diego. Uh, Dr. Joel Castellanos uh, called me and said, he's the head of their physical therapy and their pain management clinic. And he says, our stuff is not working. And we, I've studied what you do. And I think you really have something with tension release. He came to a seminar and he says, we want to do a research study, two-year study. We're going to fund it. We got to do this. And so just what we've shown him with a few days in a seminar, he says, wow, this is this is really serious stuff. And so uh, now we've started a documentary um, interviewing some of these top doctors, top Navy SEALs, um, and they're just wowed by the results that we're getting from from uh, the simple concept of increase your range of motion, work at it, expand your body's ability to absorb shock, absorb workouts. Okay. train properly and all these aches and pains go away and again 17 forever maybe See? that's what i should use as the title of my book <laughs> and you have to and and one word that i would love for you to infuse in your book i also consider you beyond just being a visionaire i consider you to be an evolutionist and i'm going to tell you why because you have 
the ability to change for the better. And I'm not just talking about with one person, the whole medical community is when I was at the doctor's office today and I was telling them who was going to be a guest on the show. It was like, I said, Iron Man was going to be on the show. Superman was going to be on the show. I swear to God. And everyone knew who you were. And I was like, okay, this guy, he started and he did not back down. He's like, and it wasn't so much in your face, but your ownership and your unapologeticness to who you are. I mean, do you ever sit back and be like, you know what? That was me. Did you realize that many moons ago, you were going to be evolutionizing the way people approach fitness, their aches and pains? This stuff is life and death. Did you know that yeah. you? Um, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's one of those gradual things where I don't wake up one day and think, oh, wow, I'm going to be famous and I'm teaching this stuff and it's going to revolutionize the world. It's like we do you know, 10 cases and it grows to 30 cases, then it's a hundred cases and it's a thousand and it keeps working. And it's like, I got to keep teaching this because we found what works. And if we can keep spreading that message, we're going to help people. That's what it's about. And yes, we got to keep spreading that word. We got to keep spreading the message. And sometimes Mimi and I sit and think, why aren't the pictures lined up in our driveway? Because we've saved pictures from Tommy John surgery on the elbow and and you know get them to throw instead of 85 miles an hour we get them to throw 95 miles an hour which is worth millions of dollars why aren't they lined up it's because they just not enough people know about us yet but we're growing we're mm. growing fast and uh we just you are the documentary the book the research at ucsd all this is just going to keep coming to you know the the more common knowledge um it, it just be out there more and and we'll be able to reach millions of people instead of thousands of people and if we can get them out of pain, we've done our job and, mm -hmm. and, and help them just keep learning. And one day I'll wake up and say, well, okay, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wake up from this dream. Simba also told me this story and I'm not a tearjerker type person, but he was telling me the story of how you worked and you mentored a young lady who was a high jumper. Mm -hmm. and how you helped her. Can you please tell my listeners this story? Because let me make sure I have my tissue because when he told me the story yeah. and it, it really, I, again, I'm not an emotional person, Ooh. but it hit hard because you have been blessed with the gift Ooh. beyond just showing people the different range of motions. You've been blessed with something that I've been blessed with. You know how to instill the hope in a person mm -hmm. and it start and you change people. You change this girl. So I'm going to quit talking here for a second. Please share this story. Cause it touched me in a way. Joe. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I started as I'm figuring all these things out, you know, decathlon's 10 events. So there's a lot of technique, a lot of technique. You guys spend their entire career on one event to try and perfect it. The decathlete is known as the jack of all trades, master of none. Well, I stayed in it long enough that I wanted to be the master of all the events. And so I literally, uh, I'd, get, I'd get mad sometimes at the coaches that they just weren't having the people do the right thing. They're not focusing on the right thing. Um, one girl that you're referring to, I believe, at Arizona, Arizona State, was a 5'10 
high jumper in high school. And each year at Arizona State, she went two inches less. She went to 5'8", five, 5'6", five, 5'4". Five, she's she's uh, frustrated one day. I was over throwing, throwing the javelin. She's um, totally frustrated, losing all this ability. Um, you know, thought she was going to be a superstar. She takes off her shoes, throw them. She's crying. So I put my javelin down, and I went over to her, and I said, okay, I can help you. I said, we're going to get you focused on the right things. Get your shoes back on. I want you to listen to exactly what I say and don't, don't think about anything else. We got her to jump 5'10 that day. I know. I know. It was, <clears throat> it was a miracle. And I was able to do that with other people and other events on the spot, world-class people. And so people started saying, Hippin Steel's working his magic again. To me, it's just every day, that's what I do. I get them to perform better because I get them to focus on the right things. And um, not only track and field, but it carries over to other parts of life. If you're focused on yes. the right thing, instead of energy going in all directions and getting down on yourself and whatever, focus, make it happen. Keep going. It's like Goggins. He says, just do it. Just keep going. And so, you know, if they put it, their energy in the right areas, in the right way, the right technique, the right strength work, um, flexibility work so they can perform their whole, you know, performance in increases. Um, they can reach what I call ultimate performance. And um, it's really a matter of understanding the formula. And that's what we teach. My company is Ultimate Human Performance, ultimatehumanperformance.com. And we sell videos so people can learn some of the techniques we do. Uh, we have uh, a tape on there that I also do hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. And we have a mental uh, program that I call PhD Mental, which stands for Positive Habit Development. Love it. And what it is is a combination of, I call it hypnometabac programming which is hypnosis, meditational, video, audio, kinesthetic programming. So there's a lot of parts to what we teach to increase performance. So um, they can go to the website, they can do videos, we do one-on-ones, we do Zoom sessions, um, and then we do live seminars. Mm. I, you know what? The next time you come to Orlando, I <clears throat> I got the information later, late at a later date, and I was like, okay, you know what? This is something because Simba works with me and he's constantly saying, look, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I was so tight, Joe. I'm I'm a naturally strong person. So, you know, most women don't get in the gym and throw 135 up on a warm up. That's me. That (laughs) is definitely me. So I was like, I hit a plateau plateau at 185 and I'm like, you know what? I might want to get back up to 225 on bench. So Shemba was showing me some of the things that, you know, you have taught him. And sure enough, I'm at on my bench 205 and I didn't even struggle. So, but I'm saying all of this so that anybody that hears this episode, what a great human being that you are, that when I walk away from you, not only am I learning the different range of motion, but just to know you makes me a better person. Just to be in your presence, I feel like a better person. I have watched how you have elevated Semba. I have watched how you have poured into this man. And then I read all of these testaments and I'm reaching out to some of the athletes that you have worked with and some have reached back out and they all have basically said the same thing. 
to know Joe is to love Joe. You will walk away from Joe a better person. My God. Well, we're going to do our best with every client. Sometimes clients are, are <clears throat> surprised that I try and call every one of them. Um, if they if they write into us and, and have issues with pain or injury or performance, um, we try and get back to as many people as we can. We're not always successful with everyone. We do have a, a large growing audience. But, you know, every client to me is important. And if I can help them and I know that they've been through, we have clients that come to us that have spent $20,000 over 20 years trying to fix their bulging disc or surgery or migraines or whatever. And if you know the formula, things work. It's like, you know, it's not rocket science. We've built the rocket, just follow the blueprint, you know? And so they don't have to build another rocket, but when they, when you're constantly in doubt and, and you go to six different doctors and, and, and they can't figure out what's wrong with you. And then you're always thinking, well, do I go to a chiropractor? Do I do, I do acupuncture? Do mm -hmm. I go to, to Peru and look for a shaman and try and get the evil spirits, you know, kicked out of me? <laughs> you know, people are desperate and they try things and they spend thousands of dollars. And they come to us and we can usually pinpoint, okay, here's your problem. This is what it is. Let's get past it and move on with life. I mean, we've been fortunate. We've been able to find the formula and find what works and, and help a lot of people. So we hope mm -hmm. we can keep doing that. You know what? I Your fitness acumen has just heightened my awareness. And it makes me, just like I said, having this conversation with you, I'm not going to get emotional, but it is very rare to find someone who has as much fervor as I do, because everyone knows Miss Thunder, there's two things that you get from me. And there's two things that I'm going to get from you. One, I believe in you. Two, I want your all. And just conversing with you, I would love to train you one day. Okay. So that <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> you got a date. We're going to get together for sure. We, we, we got to get together with our energy, with our passion, with our zeal. Again, I just want you to know from one human being, I'm going to set aside fitness professional from one human being to another. I want to say that I appreciate your craft. I appreciate, oh God, I wasn't going to do this. Your, your mentorship. I appreciate what you give to other people. I appreciate you. You have a rare enthusiasm for life and I love it. I uh, can't wait to meet you in person and get together. Um, I just want to be in your energy. <laughs> you are something. Um, I, I, when I watched the ESPN Awards as we conclude this show, I thought about you. I was watching something in the past and I thought this is the perfect, perfect person to be nominated for the Arthur Ashe Award. Are you familiar with that? I know of it. I don't know much about it, um, but. It is like the Oscar avant-garde, if you will, in the fitness industry. It is an award that pays homage to an individual who is selfless, who pours into others. Isn't that you? Well, I, that would be for someone else to decide, but 
<laughs> well, I'm going to do what I can do to help. We can help a lot of people. That's all I'm going to try and keep doing it. Someone wants to say that's special, great, fantastic. Um, I thank you for, for the, for the honor of being on your show for, to be able to talk with your listeners. You have a, sounds like a great following. You're inspiring a lot of people. So, um, ditto to you. Um, what, what advice do you have? Cause I, I have some athletes that range from martial arts, from football, you name it. I've trained them all just about, and they all have one thing in common. They hit that, that road that we all hit where we don't know where we're going, where the toughest fight in our lives and the toughest battle is ourselves. It's not our training. It's not our nutrition. It's not our coaches. It's ourselves. So what advice do you have for anybody out there that's at that, that road and they don't know which way to go and they, they feel hopeless? What advice do you have for them, Joe? Everybody has a vision inside us, whether they bring it out, discover it, work at it. And so, you know, life has a way of getting in the way. <laughs> mm. So it's a matter of what do you really want to do? What, what really is your vision? What do you really believe in? Mm. And I say, identify it and just keep pushing to get there. No matter what, keep pushing to get there. And I think it's a similar message with Goggins. He's like, no excuses, just go do it. Keep doing it. And um, I mean, he's an inspiring individual. And I, I agree with, with his mission is just, just no excuses, go do it. Keep doing mm -hmm. it, keep believing in yourself. And when are we going to get this much anticipated book? Now, uh, uh, uh huh. This is where Miss Thunder comes in because, see, Miss Thunder is also a certified life coach. And that's my superpower where I help people connect those dots. So you said three months. So we have March, April, May. Oh, Will we be listening? <laughs> yeah. you know, May. There's, there's, I have, I'm 98% done writing. Okay. But now I have to edit. And then it goes okay. to the editor. Once it goes to the editor, then there's refinement of the editing. And there's um, book cover design. There's interior design. There's retitling, which I have 50 titles. We've narrowed it down to a couple. So it's a matter of just the final strategies of being able to put it out there and, and, and allowing people to be aware of what we have. So three months is um, a short deadline from this point, but we're mm -hmm. trying to hit it by beginning of summer. Mm, I, I believe you're yeah. at the one yard line with this book you're yeah, at the one yeah. line okay so will this be an audio book that i can listen to in my car in my home because oh, i i i think your voice is great you don't need to hire a voiceover actor to read your book <laughs> your voice and your energy is all I need, Joe. <laughs> I believe ultimately most books turn into an audiobook if they're successful. So assuming that we can have some success, hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll have um, an audiobook and maybe even some different languages. So um, the main thing right now is let's get to that goal line, right, with the first one. Let's and then do it. There, hopefully. I cannot wait. And I'm going to tell you what, Joe, you you are pretty tough because people say I'm in tough. And if I don't see this book by June 1st, <laughs> you know, you're not getting a text and don't think you can avoid my phone call. <laughs> I'm, I'm in trouble. OK, I'm working on it. I'm working Do on it. Not think you can avoid because I have frequent flyer miles, you know, so okay. I can come to you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could come to you. You have a lot of people who are waiting for this book. I mean, you have an allegiance of not only loyal followers, but just think about all the other people who really don't know the beauty and and recognize your art. Put it out there. We're we're waiting. We we've been waiting for you for quite some time. This is overdue, Joe. All right. I gotta go. I gotta go finish my book. <laughs> I want to thank you Looking for being my watch, a guest sir. on the show. Joe, one more time, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, how they can get to your website. Um, are you on Instagram and Twitter? You do some Instagram. We haven't done a lot of social media. We're going so fast that um, if we do more social media, we can't quite handle it yet. So I'm putting people in place to build the infrastructure so we can build the company. But okay. my, web, my website is ultimatehumanperformance.com. Okay. Where they can look up my name, Joe Hippensteel, and it'll okay. lead them to my website where we do video sales, teaching what we do. We have the seminars uh, in different locations, and right. uh, we do Zoom sessions or one-on-one. Um, I have people flying in from all over the world to, to get their pain to go away, whatever it is, migraines or bulging discs or yeah, restless leg syndrome, fibromyalgia, all those things are just another word for tension. We've got the formula. And if we can help, we're there to help. Thank you so much for being a guest on Balcony Cheerleader, Joe. What an honor. And I also, before we leave, I always pay homage to our military veterans, uh, retired, or the ones that are active, our service people, our law enforcement, and our teachers. Listen, I, I salute you guys. You guys are the everyday heroes. And as I say, each one teach one. Hopefully today, Joe and I got a chance to reach one. If you would love to be a guest on the show, all you need to do is go to Miss Thunder. Joe, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for the opportunity. You're awesome. Keep spreading the joy. Thank you. Have an awesome day.